For more than 25 years, Atlanta has tuned into my straightforward financial advice. I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and this is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. My staff and I will give you fact-based, no-nonsense answers to your financial questions. To have your questions answered on the air, send them to me, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, January 20th, 2018. There are four essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline in the dollar. Lack of a better word. Late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. 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 Welcome. This is Money Talks. Good morning. Good morning. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon, your host today. I'm here with DJ Barker. You're still Barker, right, with all the R's? I am. Awesome. Good morning. As well as Jennifer Thomas, who's a CFP, the head of our planning and implementation department. Uh, DJ's managing associate in that same department. Uh, a lot of firepower in this uh, this show. We got all the bosses. No? Yeah? Maybe? <laughs> no. All right. Um, Not all of them. <laughs> a couple. A couple. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, um, since you guys are just full of vigor, it sounds like, let's talk a little bit about the S&P 500. Let's do that. Yeah. Hey, uh, market's up great year to date. Uh, crazy market. Kind of a follow-on to last year. If we haven't mentioned yeah. it yet, S&P 500 increased 21.82% in uh, 2017, which is approximately double what we expect on an annual average long term. Um, You know, it's seldom that 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 average is actually met. I think we've had a couple of years over the last 60, 70 years that uh, that we've actually been relatively close to that 10.5% that we expect out of the S&P 500 on an annual basis. But uh, last year was awesome. Uh, driven by expectations, we did get uh, some real outcome at the end of the year with tax reform yeah. changes. It's uh, still yet to be seen just how much that might impact uh, performance going forward. And um, all things considered, um, those of us who invest in equities have had quite an awesome year. Absolutely. Uh, again, you know, starting off in 2018, we're already up 4.8%, 4.78%. Uh, information technology still leading the way up almost 7%, uh, 6.7% year-to-date just through less than our month of January. I mean, uh, really good stuff. Uh, We do have three sectors that are are, uh, negative, telecom, utilities, real estate, two of which were negative last year. Both telecom and real estate were uh, negative performers, and uh, they're doing it up big time this year. Again, real estate down 5%. Utilities down almost 5%, and telecom negative uh, 3.36. Most of that is um, interest rate related. Those uh, those particular stocks tend to pay uh, pretty significant dividends, so their dividend yield uh, gets them treated sometimes like a bond. Um, that being the case, uh, we've seen uh, changes in, in interest rates. Uh, we did see the Fed raise rates in December, um, but the market actually has changed. If you if you look at uh, the yield curve, the shape of the yield curve, which we look at quite a bit, um, 
where you expect short-term rates to yield a, a lower interest than you do long-term rates. We've seen changes where the yield curve is what we call flattening. Uh, even this week, um, the short end of the curve um, rose six basis points, or 0 0.06%, uh, the, uh, with the two-year up six bips, as I just said. Uh, the five-year was up a similar amount. Ten-year was up, but uh, only four basis points. And the 30-year Treasury was up uh, three basis points. So although it's slight, you know, 3% difference from the two to the 30-year, uh, it's still kind of flattening. Uh, but interest rates higher across the across the board, basically. So, um, you know, you, it's funny. You were talking about the S&P and how it did last year. And, um, you know, and, and you, you mentioned those of us who invest in equities. You know, we're always touting how much you should diversify and, um, you know, that you shouldn't have all of your eggs in one basket, per sure. se. And, you know, there was you mentioned telecom was negative, but there was actually, you know, five sectors that performed a lot lower than what, you know, the S&P did, right. it, it, even less than half. So, you know, you're looking at, you know, that's almost half of the sectors right. in the S&P 500. So that's really a reason for you to, to keep your assets diversified. Right. Um, and if you own, you know, if, you know, it's, it's, we often see clients that come in that work for a company where they have a lot of their um, assets invested in that one company stock. So right. it's something to just think about. No, absolutely. And and when you talk about having so much invested in one stock and it's the company you work for, you might even have a retirement tied up in that. Uh, talk about a lot of eggs in one basket. you got to really be careful when you're talking right. about that. More often than not, we uh, encourage folks to uh, sell their company stock and, as you said, Jennifer, diversify. And, right. and what does that mean Obviously, you know, you could uh, you, you buy across individual sectors, so you get different uh, exposure to different industries, uh, as well as large companies, small companies, uh, even international investing and, and uh, that sort of thing to, to try to weaken the, uh, the potential risk that is um, – is what the equities markets are. Yeah. Uh, there's there's yeah. plenty of risk, and, but... And reallocate. And right? with your New right. Year's resolutions that everyone, you know, does at the beginning of the year... It's the 20th, it's, Jennifer. I, I think know. it's probably broken by now, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, one that you may not have thought about is, you know, look and see what your assets did over the last year. Oh, that'd be a you great know, idea. And really see how it, you know, compares. Right. Uh, one of the things that I've talked about quite a bit lately is the uh, the price to earnings ratio on the S&P 500 and how it makes the the you know it makes you stop and think about just what's gone on. Uh, I, I look at the numbers all the time, but we had uh, uh, earnings growth last year above 10%. But when you have the prices grow by 20%, it still gets it. Especially when you just do the math on the price to earnings ratio, it, it makes them look expensive. Right now. Uh, I think we ended the year at about 22.4 on a PE. The long-term average is 16.5. Right now, we're over 23. So we're about 40% premium if you just look at the price-to-earnings ratio. I'm not trying to scare anybody, uh, but I do think that it's wise of us to talk about just where we are. And, and we can measure prices on, on uh, stocks uh, using the fundamentals. We use the price and divide it by various uh, – various measures, the price-to-earnings ratio, the most common. Um, 
but just because the price went up doesn't necessarily always mean that stuff's expensive. As long as you've got earnings growth and, and like I said earlier, you know, the, the uh, expectations of more earnings growth because we have changes in the, in the uh, tax code um, are there and it's, it's real. We're going to see changes. We aren't exactly sure uh, what they are. I know the very first step that we've been seeing is a lot of companies are writing down tax assets. So these are, uh, these are actually losses from previously years that they're not going to get to charge at the top rate that they used to have at 35 percent. These corporations now with a top tax rate of 21 percent uh, have to write down some of those assets. When they have those losses that they can offset gains with, mm-hmm. uh, you see that uh, that's one of the real uh, aspects of, of uh, corporations. And most of them wrote, are, are writing those uh, tax assets down in the end, the fourth quarter of 2017, which makes sense. That's when the the act was passed, and they know going forward that they won't have that benefit. So um, issue is, though, when you're an analyst like me, uh, you don't worry so much about the one-time write-down. You really are more focused on what goes on long-term. You know, the the, uh, ongoing operations of the business are going to be better off because their expenses just fell and uh, it all depends on the company. Not everybody paid that top 35% tax rate, but uh, across the board, rates have been cut, and it should be a boost to just about every corporation. So um, every corporation with operations, that is, in the United States. So uh, it'd be interesting going forward to see just what happens. Uh, one of the other things we've talked about quite a bit is um, how all this might uh, might benefit uh Companies being able to repatriate cash back into the domestic economy, uh, hard to say exactly what we'll get there. Companies haven't been exactly strapped for cash, so uh, the, their more common spending has been to borrow money and buy back their own shares. Uh, I think the, the tax code changed to disallow some of that, but still wouldn't be too, uh, too surprising to see more capital expenditure uh, it, with these companies that have a little more cash on hand. Uh, we do have a few items we want to talk about for uh, economics this week. Uh, industrial production, surprise to the upside in December, rose 0.9%. Uh, Beige book, basically economic activity expanded at a modest to moderate pace in nearly all districts. Uh, limited housing inventory is kind of slowing down the housing um, housing sales. But... Uh, we did see that uh, um, uh, permits for new homes actually were flat month over month, so it wouldn't be surprising to see that continue. Tell you what, guys, let's take a real quick break right here, and uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about a dog of the week. Y'all stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. Time for the Dog of the Week. All right, here you go. If uh, this seems a little confusing, I'll uh, go ahead and tell you it is called the Dog of the Week, but we are not talking about dogs in this particular article. Uh, this is something that actually has been around a little a little while, but uh, it became apparent to me this week. San Francisco has a map. 
It's not official, but there is a map talking about how to avoid poop on the sidewalk. All right. This is not human. I mean, this is not dog. It's actually human. They got an issue. Who in the world would have known this? I'm just blown away by the whole thing. But uh, it seems that this map has been around for about, well, since 2008. Somebody started tracking. You got to be careful where you step on the sidewalks of San Francisco, especially in the Tenderloin District, which happens to be their financial district. Hmm. You guys seem stunned. No. Is it uh, uh, homeless? It is. It is. It's homeless. Their their weather, I guess, is sufficient to draw quite a bit of uh, quite a bit of uh, homeless population. And uh, the other thing is, they have like 49 public restrooms, and uh, by best estimates, that's about 10 percent of what they need. So, in order to combat that, two things. Obviously, they have a map telling you, "Hey, careful where you step." Hmm. But the other thing is um, they've they've brought in some portable toilets to allow for people to relieve themselves instead of on the sidewalk. Uh, unbelievable, unbelievable to me. Yeah, I can't that, believe it. Mm, I will say the last time I, I've been to San Francisco several times, but the last time I was there, it, the homeless population was much greater than I had remembered yeah. From previous trips. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think about the timing of this, uh, you know, maybe if it did start in 2008, that was our last recession. That recession was, I mean, notably worse than many that we've seen prior to that. But, uh, you know, honestly, I, again, not brand new. Uh, they've even got somebody that tracks the dynamics, how it changes from week to week. Now, I don't want that to be my job. That might be. Go along with the one what the show what the dirtiest jobs yeah, yeah mm-hmm. right but I mean to track it and put it on the internet if you want to see this all you have to do is Google the you know San Francisco poop map that's California go to California you can find a map of the stars in L A or or <laughs> hey move a little or there's other locations move into a different, move into a different segment of uh, yeah. what you can find it's really sad that is it, well it, it really is. is it's a I mean this is this is a, a story a sad story about humanity and Mm -hmm. and crazy things we track on the internet but uh either way i just thought uh, you know i couldn't pass this up because it's just bizarre to me Mm -hmm. um but hey watch where you step well one of the other telling things is not only do those um those roving toilets that they've got that allow for whatever's needed there uh they also have a uh receptacle in these that you can get rid of used needles so you could probably make an inference that the homeless population there is homeless also for another cause so sure uh either way very sad it is ties into uh our electronic age and as much as that's the kind of things we track these days nah, nah bizarre it's a shame. hey uh on a much that's brighter note we had uh, tax reform, talked about it a little mm-hmm. bit in the first segment. And uh, moving on from that, we've got uh, in the uh, the 529, we actually had some changes that instead of just using those funds for um, for post-secondary or, you know, college, whether it be uh, graduate or otherwise, your, your uh, undergrad studies, we can now use those for primary care or primary uh, mm-hmm. education right Correct. so if you send your children to uh, a 
private school, then you can use those funds as well. And DJ, we got lots to talk about in this realm as well. Uh, maybe a comparison between the old Coverdale account, right. which a lot of folks have thought for years that those were going to go away. Yeah, uh, they do limit you with a Coverdale more so than they do with a the 529. Uh, but now with the 529 uh, opening up to those primary years, uh, maybe it helps folks save a little more money for school. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the the problem with the Coverdale has always been that it limits you to only in being able to contribute $2,000 a year. So right. in order to, you know, for most people to save for college, that's not really going to help. Yeah, right. you have to really start way young. Early, uh, very early. You know, as soon as your children are born, basically start saving the $2,000 per year uh, in order for it to amount to to something that would be sufficient enough to actually use for college, plus a good market like we've had since uh, – 2009 has not uh, been a negative for sure. Uh, the market's up over 375% since then. Do you realize that? Wow. Yeah. Anyway. Amazing. Yeah, so the 529 has been the, you know, the plan that most people are using now because of the amount that you can contribute. But there, I think, you know, we even find a lot with our clients are asking, you know, have asked in the past if they could use it for, um, you know, private school tuition, and they have not been able to do that. Right. And especially, you know, if you have other family members that are helping, like grandparents that are helping contribute for kids, you can build up, you know, the one thing that you don't really want to do is overfund a 529 plan. So this can actually help with that if you're sending your kids to private school. So what, I mean, you can you can uh, use the funds for other individuals, right? Yes, After, it can go from like sibling to sibling or cousins or, you know, I mean. Family members. Family members. But, you know, what you tend to see happen is the people that are overfunding overfund it for, you know, all of their kids. Right. You know. Well, if it were a grandparent, who right. they can they can contribute to the 529, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they probably have more options, assuming they have more than one grandchild. Right, right, right. So you know, it could be it could actually become kind of a uh, a, a fund of sorts to help the whole family out, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the the we started out talking about the uh, Coverdale being limited to two thousand dollars per year, but uh, with a 529, was it fifteen thousand per year in 2018? Um, as far as the the contribution limit, yes, you can do fifteen thousand a year, or you can you can contribute up to seventy five thousand in one year, but that will count for five years worth of contributions. Okay, so you can combine. You can pre fund it, if you will. Right, and all that money is pre tax, right? So you're not going to get, um, or it is not. Which is that? You're, I mean, you're contributing after-tax dollars, but it okay. grows tax-free, and you're not taxed on the earnings as long as it's used for, you know, for education costs. Right. So in terms of similar to any retirement account, it's more like a Roth then, right? You, right. You put after-tax money, and then it grows tax-free. Correct. And then, you know, the, the idea is that you must use it for the education expenses, or it's taxed um, it, with a 10% penalty because it's not used for education purposes. All right. Right. Yeah. But you do get a little bit of a tax credit there for the 529. So if you you assume you have a Georgia 529, you contribute to that 529, you can get a little bit of help, yeah. a little credit back on the taxes there when the, when the, for the tax state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For state, now you, state. I mean, 
you know, we talked about what I called the limits. They really aren't limits, but those are the the amounts that you can do without it being above gift tax. So, you know, the ah. gift tax limits. So um, that's what you, you know, you, if you don't want to file a gift tax return, that type of thing. So anything above the right. 15000 in a single year, 75000 for the next five, five years yes. is going to be considered, considered a gift to the individual right. who's named in the, in the yes. 529. So plan. technically you really could fund it with, you know, you could put $100,000 in there, but, you know, you run into the yeah. the gift tax issue. All right. So there we go. Uh, and tax changes have, have given us that new benefit that you can spend the money on more than just college. Yep, from the 529. Awesome. So if I have a Coverdale account, say I started saving a long time ago, and uh, I wanted to recharacterize it to a 529, is that allowable? Typically you can. If if you're the owner and you, know, and you have the beneficiary and you're going to open a 529 with the same owner and the same beneficiary, then you can... Swap them over. Move like it that. into the okay. 529. Which plan. would then allow you to save more. You probably lose a little bit in as much as the Coverdale, you can pretty much invest in whatever you want, right? Right. And the 529 mm-hmm. is, is more mutual fund based and, and you have plans from which you can pick certain investments. Is correct. That correct? Right. correct. Correct. And if you live in Georgia, which, you know, most of our listening audience does, right. um, you know, we typically recommend uh, the Georgia 529 because you get to. Um, deduct $2,000 a year on behalf of any beneficiary for those filing a single return and up to $4,000 a year for those filing a joint return All right. off of their state income tax. All right. Is uh, Other than making sure that it's spent for education, is there any other limitations you got to be aware of or, you know, it's it's pretty much there. You can spend the money. Yeah, as long as it's a qualified education expense. All right. So it's uh you can't send your dog to dog training school on this. That is not going to be a qualified expense, unfortunately. Yeah, they don't have one of those. Huh? <laughs> All right, well, uh, I'm just here to ask the the hard questions, and clearly I've uh, done that for this moment. <laughs> Let's take a quick break, and we'll come right back. You're listening to Money Talks. Don't touch that dial. When you have money, you start investing in your future. When you start investing in your future, you start worrying you'll make mistakes. Oops. When you start worrying you'll make mistakes, you can't sleep at night and watch infomercials. Pick up cat hair, some clothes. When you watch infomercials, you think you can get rich by placing tiny classified ads in newspapers. When you place tiny classified ads in newspapers, you subscribe to those papers to make sure your ad is running. When you subscribe to a bunch of newspapers, they pile up at your house, making it look like you're not home. When you look like you're not home, Girl Scouts don't come to your door. When Girl Scouts don't come to your door, you don't get to buy Girl Scout cookies. Don't miss out on Girl Scout cookies. Get rid of get-rich-quick schemes from infomercials and upgrade to Money Talks. This is Money Talks. There you go. All of that may be true, but if you work at Hensler Financial, you can still get Girl Scout cookies 
because Troy's kids sell Girl Scout cookies. My, yeah, my oldest daughter does, and, and there's several others around the office uh, yes. yep. that, uh, that sell Girl Scout cookies as well. And it is the season, so that was topical. I, I thought that would be an awesome lead-in to uh, this segment. Um, we're going to answer a few questions, but first let's... Uh, give you a way that you can get in touch with us. If you have your own questions to be answered, we'd love to answer them on the air. Uh, we have a question hotline. You can reach us at 1-855-429-9166. Uh, you can all, also call. Well, if you call that number, you uh, leave a recorded message. We play it on the air and answer your question behind it. So if you got the question, you can call. You don't have to talk to anybody. Uh, if you prefer to talk to somebody, you can call us at 770-429-9166. Uh, talk to a real person and tell them what you'd like. Uh, you can also email us at drgene at hensler.com. That is uh, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. And if you can get that one out, hensler.com is our website. We've got quite a few um, ways that you can answer your own question. we got lots of information through our website. Uh, if you uh, uh, If it's kind of generic and you think other people have had it, then you can probably find an answer to that question on our website. So uh, let's get right to it. Uh, first of all, let's uh, answer this question from Trevor from Alpharetta. They write, uh, one of the latest recommended holdings I received was Finisar. Finisar, I think it is. Uh, symbol FNSR. Uh, looking at its year-to-date decline, I'm guessing someone thinks it uh, it's undervalued. What are your two cents? Actually, if you look at the valuation uh, the stock has fallen pretty significantly. Uh, long-term PE has been uh, 52.48. Currently, it's about half of that. Uh, it has been cut significantly. Uh, the company is a producer of optical systems and uh, components that are used in data communication and telecommunications uh, applications. So some of their biggest clients are Cisco, uh, Huawei, who is a phone manufacturer. I just started hearing their um, ads on, on the radio, by the way. So their phones are uh, going to be making a push in the United States. It's a Chinese-based company, uh, as well as Hewlett-Packard is, is another of their big clients, and uh, Intel and IBM. So a uh, tech company, um, 30, 37% of their revenue is sourced out of China. Uh, the company's based in California. If you look at what they've got going on, a pretty profitable company, nothing to really brag about, especially in the tech space. And, and what is weird is, you know, the, the price is fluttering back to earth more or less in a time when, as we've heralded on the show, technology is just going nuts. So uh, may not be following, uh, following suit with the rest of its business. Uh, it's not really a recommendation. And to be honest, we, I think uh, – might be a buy, could be could be a cheap enough business, and it seems to have a, a true operation. So, um, you know, with its uh, PE around 24.92 at current, uh, it's about in line with the rest of the industry, the tech industry. So, uh, uh, you know, if it's if it's something you've owned for a while uh, and it's been losing some momentum, I guess, uh, seems to have earnings uh, growing at. Um, 17% of the last five years expected to grow by 12.7% going forward. Uh, that's that's nothing to sneeze at. That's pretty pretty handsome earnings. So, uh, um, you know, I don't uh, I don't know why you wouldn't want to hang on to it, even though it might have had some ugly performance lately. Wow. 
All right, so uh, question on the tip of everybody's tongue. DJ, you there answer the go. phone around here once in a while. How about some Bitcoin? Bitcoin. What is going on with Bitcoin? Yeah. What's our thoughts? What's going to happen? It's all over the place. We're at an all-time high. Then it loses money. Then we go back up. What uh, I know for for people that I know, it's a topic of conversation when I'm meeting with friends, what they always like to think what's happening, what yeah. they're hearing on the street. And right. even a tax professional of one of my friends said that they should buy and invest in Bitcoin. Right. We've had some institutions, uh, you know, Bank of America, they've, they're on the fence on Bitcoins. They're doing some, some interesting moves. And then uh, Goldman Sachs, I think they were even yeah. sitting up a desk for the cryptocurrency. So, yeah. you know, what, what's the play on Bitcoin? Is that something that we need to look at? Or is that something to stay away from? Well, um, I, we could probably answer quite a few questions, and and we'll still not know all the answers. But let's let's start off. What it was, uh, Bitcoin is a is a created currency, um, and it was created to be similar to gold, and it actually trades somewhat like gold, uh, in as much as you know it it uh, it trades relative to the dollar. Um, Difference being, you don't have anything you can bury in the backyard when you buy Bitcoin. Uh, but the way that it was created uh, was such that it has to be, and I'm using these air quotes, uh, mined uh, via solving a puzzle, basically. Mm-hmm. it's a, You solve an algorithm. If you solve it too quickly, uh, the system says, no, no, go back and try again. Uh, they, they make it harder. And uh, it's it's set up so that you you can uh, the system long term will only have 21 million Bitcoin. Uh, they expect that uh, if you do the math over the time that is allowed, you can only uh, mine so many Bitcoin. The whole system can only mine so many Bitcoin per day. Uh, they figure it's going to take till 2140, I believe it is, uh, to mine the very last Bitcoin. Mm. In the meantime, it's gotten so crazy. Uh, price last year at one point was up over 14 times. So um, what makes it what makes it do that? Uh, most of the people that I've talked to that actually own Bitcoin own them in fractions of Bitcoin. But uh, reality is, they don't really understand what it is they've bought. They've they've uh, been told by technology uh, that this is the the wave of the future. This is a, a currency that can't be manipulated or managed, as is the dollar or every other currency that uh, trades on the market with um, you know with a central bank backing it. Uh, and you know I swerve into that to say there's really nothing backing a Bitcoin. It's worth however much you can foist it off on the next guy. It's what we call the bigger fool theory in in the financial industry. So it has. Limited fundamentals, if any, uh, doesn't really, uh, you know, you can't go to, to the local grocery store and buy your groceries with Bitcoin, although, you know, that's where they say it's headed. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, it's not common to do that. Uh, most everyone that I know of, if they want to transact, they either find a company that's willing to take it um, or they convert it into dollars. So they're really transacting in dollars uh, while their Bitcoin grows. Now, is that to say that uh, you won't have a transactionable currency in the future? That's not what I'm saying. It could come to that. Um, but uh, fundamentally, like for us recommending whether or not to buy it, we would say that it's similar in 
like gold. It doesn't right. pay a dividend. It's right. only worth what someone else is willing to pay for yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that we would recommend as a, an investment. Right. It, it, at best, right now, Bitcoin is a speculation. Yeah. And, and what you're truly speculating on is whether or not it truly becomes a transactional currency in the future. Uh, it, one of the or many of the things that uh, that you would expect. So if you think about the dollar and what makes it worth more than euros or uh, uh, you know any of the other currencies that are in the world, basically it, it's flow of funds. So if our investments in the United States are more attractive, then people are going to take their other currencies and invest them in dollar-denominated investments. Uh, you can't say that with with uh, any of the cryptocurrencies at the moment. Uh, are there fundamentals? Well, how much inflation is in Bitcoin? <laughs> if you look at the price of Bitcoin, there's pretty significant inflation. So is that really the best investment? Well, you know, the inflation's to the benefit of the holder at this point, so yeah, maybe so, and that might be what's drawing a lot of folks. But it is, uh, it's widely believed that uh, uh, currently it's being traded by a lot of young people who think it's an awesome concept. Um, but if you look, there are no fundamentals, to your point, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> uh, you know, if you think of our currency as being backed by the full faith and credit of the United mm-hmm. States of America – you're never going to get that with with a, a Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrencies. Now, again, you know, I doesn't I think mean it that you can't make money in it. That's true, you know. But it's truly a speculation. So mm-hmm. if you can't if you can't read the fundamentals and say, oh yeah, I, th- I see the value here, and I think that it's undervalued, so I'm going to buy some and watch it go up. Uh, you can't really do that right now with uh, with uh, any of the the cryptocurrencies. And if you think that Bitcoin's gone crazy. Uh, how about Ethereum? Some of the others, yeah. uh, you know, there's a, a different uh, type of Bitcoin that's out there as well. Um, there's there's loads and loads of these. They call them ICOs, initial currency offerings, and uh, it, it really is confusing. Tell you what, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll finish this up and answer a few more questions. You're listening to Money Talks. Stick around. We'll be right back. Listening to Money Talks in the All Bitcoin Hour. Actually, it's not really. We're just no. talking a little bit about Bitcoin because we get so many questions these days. We about do. It. It's all um, over the news. Yeah, and uh, when we last left the uh, the subject, we were talking about the fact that it's uh, it's hard to justify it as a currency and probably the best you can classify any investment, and I use that term loosely, is, is a speculation at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of really, really smart people who are giving us, uh, uh, I mean, they're absolutely convinced this is the way of the future. There are some reasons that uh, that Bitcoin uh, should and could survive long term. Um, but again, you know, at the moment, it's not uh, truly a currency where you can go out and without, without significant... Uh, fees, I guess, and, and uh, costs. You can't go out and transact. There's uh, stories about uh, even going to the, the Bitcoin ATMs that uh, 
allow you to transfer Bitcoin into dollars, uh, costing somewhere in the you know ballpark for a thirty-dollar transaction might cost you eighteen to twenty bucks. There's all kind of stories out there. In fact, there's stories about how uh, Bitcoin have been mined or purchased and uh, destroyed, lost. You know, computers thrown into dumpsters. Yeah. Uh, there's there's lots and lots of stories, and who who knows if they're true. Um, we've even seen stories where some guy was selling Chuck E. Cheese tokens, calling them Bitcoin. Now, if anybody buys that, <laughs> you truly don't understand. Do your research you a little bit more than that, right? What a Bitcoin is. They, I mean, it's an intangible thing. They don't really have. If a stranger minted. offers you Bitcoin, run. That's not truly. Uh, do you have to yell stranger danger and <laughs> run like that? That's the way it works. Uh, no, but anyway. I mean, you know, it is, it's something that's on, um, you know, everybody's mind. They're making television shows about, I mean, there was a Big Bang Theory show that was about Bitcoin and how it was mined. And, and the, in the end, they actually lost it because it was put on a thumb drive that got thrown away or right. lost. And I mean, so, you, you know, there are things that could happen. Even if you mine it and get it, it you know, it could disappear. Yeah, that is true. And, you know, they can. there's even ways that you can uh, intentionally make Bitcoin that you transact with uh, useless. And it's uh, kind of a computer code you can attach to the Bitcoin since it is an electronic um, coin, if you will. Uh, you, can, you can create them or, uh, or transact and make it useless. And supposedly the... The originator of the whole concept has done that with, you know, over a thousand of those. Who knows? Again, you know, there's lots of lore that uh, that surrounds the the whole situation. The thing that I will say is, until it becomes uh, a, a a transactionable currency where you can go out and really buy things at the corner store, um, makes me wonder if it's more than just a speculation. Now, if you want to speculate, uh, buy one, buy two, do whatever you want, but you know, who knows? It might be the best thing you ever uh, did, but it's not going to be evident for you, to you rather, for a long time. So, um, you know, we we don't recommend it as a as an investment at the moment. First thing is, as Jennifer put out, um, you know, as an analyst, I look at things and try to verify the value, and uh, it's really difficult unless you could understand and foretell the future how much your Bitcoin is going to be worth tomorrow. I will tell you that today they're worth less than they were a month ago. So, you know, be careful. Yeah. It's going to have to be some sophisticated type of software to go to a, you know, get gas, if you will, and use your Bitcoin. Because if it's there are swings of several thousand dollars in a day, what is it going to be worth at that second that you purchase that product? Yeah. Well, DJ, you said something about uh, an accountant telling – Telling an individual that you know they should invest in Bitcoin, does that count? Accountant accept Bitcoin as a form of payment? That'd be an interesting that'd, question to, to, to pose be, to them. Yeah, I will do that. Yeah, I will uh, ask that. Yeah, but you know the other thing is, if if there is, uh, if this does become a transactional currency, you will see infrastructure that will warrant and and facilitate just what you're talking about. Uh, you're going to see some way. Uh, that it will be translated from one currency to another quickly. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, since they want it to be an electronic transfer, you know, that's the realm in which uh, this is all supposed to take place. 
that's that's yet to be built out as well. So uh, it's got a long way to go before it's tra- uh, transactionable currency, if you ask me. But um, hey, if you're into speculation, take a flyer. We don't recommend it as an investment. Okay. All right, so, uh, again, if you have questions, you can reach us at 770-429-9166, Talk to a Human. If you want to call our question hotline, it's 1-855-429-9166. DJ, any of these other questions uh, stand out at you at the moment? How about uh, Jonathan from Lilburn asks, here you go, something about beer. Yeah. I'm not a drinker, but... Um, how does a smaller company like the Boston Beer Company stack up to big names like Anheuser-Busch? I like the idea of a smaller U.S.-based company, but Bud has uh, been such a powerhouse player for so long. Um, it is. Uh, I, I think it's interesting that you point out that you know you like the small U.S.-based company, and most people think of Budweiser as just that. They're not anymore. They got bought by InBev a few years back, so they uh, they no longer pass muster as a U.S. company. Although, hey, guess what? We got lots of uh, municipal bonds. Even uh, right up the road here, Cartersville, Georgia, has got a huge Budweiser plant. And mm-hmm. uh, if you wanted to go out and buy bonds that are backed by um, by uh, the income from Budweiser, you can do that. Um, so Boston Beer Company, symbol SAM, S-A-M, uh, got pretty attractive uh, profitability, 15% return on assets, 21% return on equity, and uh, relatively low debt, uh, 0.1% uh, debt to equity, debt to assets. This is the same. Um, got uh, five-year earnings growth on average annual, uh, 8.38%, expected to grow by 945 uh, going forward, uh, relatively low beta company, meaning that uh, when the market moves, it doesn't move near as much. In fact, it's only 0.6%. So if there was a 1% swing in uh, in the S&P 500, you would expect if the market's up 1%, it would be up 0.6%. So, um, you know, those generally tend to, we look at them as uh, relatively safe investments, at least slow moving. Um you compare that to Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch, InBev, and its symbol is BUD. Uh, let's just talk about the debt. Now, remember I said 0.1% for Sam. How about 172% debt to equity for Budweiser? Ouch. Yeah, that seems mm-hmm. a little Company based out of Belgium. Much. You know what a lot of the, the source of that debt is, the fact that, uh, and this is pretty common in, in business, um, InBev borrowed a whole bunch of money to borrow, I mean, to buy Budweiser. So you borrow a pile of money and you buy the company, and now it's just a big indebted company, right? Yeah. It'll be paid off over time. Uh, part of that debt is what I referred to earlier, you know, the the bonds that you can get a municipality to, to actually issue. It, uh, it's perceived as lower cost or lower uh, risk in the market, which make, makes it lower cost. It's great for the company. Might even argue that it's great for the local economy because it does make jobs. Um, but if you if you look at all things considered, uh, five-year earnings growth for Budweiser negative 6.94 percent. But uh, analysts believe that it's going to turn around and do great and wonderful things. 21 percent they expect. Well, do, do seems you, like a disconnect to me. I mean, I know you're comparing, and Jonathan was asking about Boston Beer Company, which is basically Sam Adams. 
beer. Right. And, or, and you know, Hinch. and Anheuser-Busch. Right. Um, but do you think that the, and I'm not a beer drinker, but do you think that the craft beer um, the market market, for, market right for now for is going to cause even both of these companies to have trouble in the future? Yeah, I, I, believe, I believe just as you're, you're saying, it's difficult to make money in that space. I mean, there are craft beer companies starting... You know, and that that whole industry may get flooded. Yeah, but, yeah. they're right. everywhere. You know, every if I were going to buy is. one yeah. or the other, I would rather have Sam Boston right. beer. But uh, you know, all things considered, there it it's probably not. not the best space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, uh, here we come up on the end of our show. It's been uh, flown by, Jennifer. What am I about to ask you? Market is the market going to be up or down next week? What do you say? I'm going to say up. Yeah. All right, DJ. I'm going with up, absolutely. Yeah, well, I'm a broken record, so I don't even have to say it. But, you know, the market's going to be up. You're listening to Money Talks. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments, It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.